Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys. Tonight, I'm switching it up. It's still a mental health subject, a mental health topic. This is your host, Dr. Delvina Thomas, a board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. And it's time for a new episode of the Brain Love Podcast. Tonight, I have on my couch, Dr. Barbara Ann Munford, MD. She's a diplomat of the American Board of Urology. She is a board-certified urologist and urologic surgeon who's in private practice in Dade and Broward counties, County, excuse me, here in Florida. She is, she is an expert in all areas of adult and pediatric urology. Dr. Munford earned her medical degree from John, John Hopkins School of Medicine and her bachelor degree in biochemistry from Brown University. She completed her internship in general surgery at UNC Chapel Hill and her residency in urology at UNC Chapel Hill as well. So we have a very uh, seasoned surgeon slash physician on the couch with me tonight, guys. She made the bold move to step out in faith and begin her own private practice in 1999 and has been practicing in solo practice ever since. Her specialty includes prostate cancer, female urology, kidney and bladder stone diagnosis and treatment. And tonight we're talking about erectile dysfunction. She is the past president of the Dade chapter of the uh, Dade County Medical Association. She is a member of the American Cancer Society, the American Neurologic Association, the Association of Women Surgeons, the National Medical Association. And she's just a great person, man. So if you have any urologic needs, please call her office, hit her up, call her at 305-696-0806. You don't have to be a man to call. We're talking about erectile dysfunction tonight, but urologists treat women too for bladder problems that they may encounter. So give her a call if you have any questions after tonight's episode. And if you're a woman with a husband or significant other who is having some of the issues we described tonight, make that appointment for him, girl. Make the appointment and take him on over there so Dr. Munford can see him. She's the chief of surgery at North Shore Medical Center. And um, she's just, she has excellent bedside manner. I know that you guys will love her. All right, let's get started. Guys, are you ready to take the couch? Are you ready? Hey, 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 guys. It's time for another Sunday night episode of the Brain Love Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Delvina Thomas, a board-certified psychiatrist in South Florida. You guys know every Sunday night we do this. You join me on the couch, or if you can't join me on a Sunday night, you join me whenever time permits for you, and that's quite all right with me. Don't forget, share the episodes, share the name of the podcast with your friends and families and the people you care about so they can be more informed in the areas of mental health and wellness share and do a review if you don't mind do a review on your podcast platform whether that's iHeartRadio, spotify pandora apple google whatever it may be and if you too are on anchor you can send me a message on anchor and if you have any questions feel free to email them to me or drop them in the podcast so anyhow i have on the couch with me tonight someone who is very she's a vip 
And you guys, if you follow me on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Dr. Delvina Thomas, you may have seen the interview that I um, and the special lady that we uh, we did together. We were talking about um, male issues. So um, I talk about everything under the umbrella of mental health and wellness. And tonight I'm dedicating it to the men. I have with me Dr. Barbara Munford. Hey, Doc. Hi there. How are you, Delvina? I'm well. Thank you for coming on the couch again. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to enlighten, inform, and uh, alleviate some fears. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, People need to hear from you because I think um, a lot of I I talk a lot about minorities and people of color, so I'm sure this is across the board and all ethnicities and races, but I can only talk true about my own people. And um, a lot of folks in our community are afraid to go to the doctor, are afraid to receive a diagnosis, are afraid to follow up on it. And you're one of those doctors that men don't like to go and see because of what you do to them. Tell everybody what you do, Dr. Monford. (laughs) I am a board certified urologist and there's no need to fear me. I'm here to help you. But uh, Dr. Delvina is absolutely correct. There is a natural tendency to for men to be a little bit uh, anxious when they're asked to see the urologist. Yes, yeah. So Dr. Monfer, break it down for them. Let folks know what does a urologist do? And, and for the ladies who are listening, a urologist is not just for a man. And Dr. Monfer will explain to you what she does. Right, urology is basically anything that has to do with the making of urine. I like to say we're, I'm the PP doctor. And so obviously men and women make PP and basically we deal with anything from the kidney all the way out through the ureter, which is the tube leading from the kidney to the bladder, the storage space and out through the urethra. That's the channel that goes to the outside of the body. In addition, um, a urologist, we also address male genitalia. That's the testes, the prostate, uh, the penis. Those are our areas of expertise. So in terms of what um, women would come to see us about, as you can usually it's incontinence, urinary tract infection, kidney stones. We also have children, bedwetters, um, phimosis or children desiring circumcision or undescended testes. And men, enlarged prostate, prostate cancer, and the biggie, erectile dysfunction. Mm. And folks, that's what we're talking about tonight. So ladies, you know, grab some tea or grab a glass of wine. Gentlemen, do the same. Um, And whatever questions you have, please send them in to me. You can send them to my email, which is info at drdelvina.help. That's info, I-N-F-O at D-R, D as in Delta, E-L, V as in Victor, E-N-A dot help, H-E-L-P, as in help me. So uh, we're talking about erectile dysfunction tonight. And the reason why we're talking about this again is because I give the people what they want, Dr. Mumford. And I've heard from so many men who watched us on YouTube, um, who may have heard me talk about erectile dysfunction in, in some of my other podcasting or online platforms. And they had very specific questions and they wanted us to, to 
break down or go a little deeper into uh, the causes of erectile dysfunction besides what everyone knows. Most people know about, okay, high blood pressure or using certain medications or using um, or having issues with the blood flow. So including having too much sugar, meaning a, a diet, someone with diabetes, um, these types of things. A lot of people know that these things can lead to erectile dysfunction because they interrupt blood flow. But then I have the brothers who come and tell me they don't have high blood pressure. They exercise on a regular basis. They look like they're in shape. They don't have diabetes. They don't feel like they have any anxiety or any mental health issues. And when they got to a certain age, they still encountered erectile dysfunction. So I, I kind of want to focus more on those people. You got me? I do. I do. And uh, basically, in order for a guy to have a great erection, he has to have a great blood flow. And so there are other reasons why there's no good blood flow. We think of um, high blood pressure, but there can also be a peripheral vascular disease, arteriosclerotic disease, and smoking. We don't like to think about smoking, but smoking can restrict or constrict the uh, small blood vessels that lead to the penis, giving a great erections. And there can also be... Smoking hmm? what? Smoking what? Cigarettes you're referring smoking to? Cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes. Cigarettes, yes. What about cannabis? Um, to a certain extent, but not as much as the tobacco. Um, but any kind of mood-altering drug can affect um, the ability because erections are not only just blood flow. There's also a hormonal um, aspect of it and a psychological, mental input. You know, I need to be excited. I need to be desirous. So these, all of these issues or all of these factors feeding in together, leading to the erection. Um, you know, guys think that they can just get an erection just because they can get an erection, but there has to be some interest as well. Uh, you know, you're not really truly um, <laughs> uh, totally uh, just a, 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 an impulse. There has to be some interest. So it's all of these things together. So if you could think about that, what are the other issues that can affect um, organically, you know, that's why if you're stressed out, you find that, you know, you really, you may be quite um, interested, but you just can't do it the way you want to because of the psychological input. So it's more than just blood flow. And also not only has the blood has to flow in, the blood needs to stay in. So if you have a storage issue where the blood does not stay and people do not think of trauma, you could have had some trauma long time ago that affected the ability of your uh, veins to occlude to trap the blood in the penis so that you can get a very solid erection. So several um, factors impose presenting oh. uh, that. So what if someone says that they don't recall any trauma? Um, I know I remember reading somewhere about... Um, you know, certain cancers, testicular cancer, and its association with bike riders. Um, I don't know if someone who's on a bicycle all the time, if that can affect or can cause. Yes, it can because of that's the inflow. You know, basically there's an artery, the pudendal artery that you're sitting on when you're riding that bicycle. And so that's the blood flow. So yes, that can be um, impacting your erections in that regard. Yes. Okay. So um, 
Guys, you just heard uh, Dr. Munford explain that, of course, we know that there are several different causes of erectile dysfunction. Um, there are some common causes that folks are aware of, and I think it's the, the, the factors that are not talked about as much because folks are not going to the doctors um, and they're not asking the questions because oftentimes men are embarrassed about asking about this. Um, and, and I guess I can appreciate the embarrassment um, because, you know, men are always supposed to be perfect and things should work. Um, they're also not supposed to be moody type human beings or creatures. Um, and they should just be like Teflon. I think that's how a lot of men feel, especially men who seek psychotherapy um, from our office. Some of the concerns that they've had is that they're not expected to have feelings. So I'm glad that you mentioned the mental aspect of sexual desire and libido and um, becoming turned on or um, being able to, um, to, I guess, execute all those stages of, of sex, of sexual activity. Yes, indeed. And it's important also to uh, recognize that um, people don't recognize how lack of sleep and, 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 and particularly now in our environment where I think we are so stressed out that it's become our norm. And there's so many things happening externally to us that we really don't appreciate the impact that has on our day-to-day -day life. So guys, let's run through these, these um, uh, causes that Dr. Mumford has given us. She mentioned some of the diseases of the heart or the blood vessels. Um, she mentioned trauma. If you've had trauma in your past, if you have, if you participate in an activity that causes pressure um, in the area where these, these blood vessels are located, that too can lead to decreased blood flow. So we're talking erectile dysfunction tonight. It occurs when the blood flow to the penis is compromised or is decreased for whatever reason. Um, other things that can affect the, the blood flow or your blood vessels. I mentioned earlier diabetes, which is high blood sugar. We mentioned high blood pressure, high cholesterol as well. Um, folks who have certain neurological conditions, um, you know, you think of things like multiple sclerosis, but also Parkinson's disease. I mentioned earlier, certain medications can cause it. Dr. Munford has mentioned tobacco, smoking cigarettes. Are we going to throw alcohol in there too, doc? I think we should include alcohol. Yes, I, I definitely think so. People think alcohol makes you actually more uh, free, but it's not, it's, it's really not a, a stimulant. It's really a depressant. And people don't understand that. Yes, ma'am. Um, and Dr. Munford also mentioned insomnia, not sleeping. Sleep disorders are a big factor with erectile dysfunction. So there's so many things as we age and we get older, we have to be cognizant of and we have to pay attention to our bodies and go to the doctor so that you can be diagnosed if any of these things are happening to you. Uh, we also mentioned the mental aspect of sexual desire and, and libido and things like that um, being turned on. So if you are overstressed, that may not work out well. For some people, they say sex or sexual activity is a distressor for them, but for other people, it could work the opposite way. Sadness and anxiety. For a lot of men, if you're depressed, 
the the one of the main symptoms that men experience besides anger because they don't do a lot of crying but a lot of men get angry but also a lot of men will notice that they have lack of sexual desire which may also translate into a, an episode of erectile dysfunction um and then doc you were mentioning before we started uh recording um an unsatisfactory sex life you made mention to that uh, yes, and uh, before we get to that, though, I think uh, just a little bit on the libido aspect, um, it's important uh, for men to understand that desire and erectile function are not the same. And so your desire is really uh, manifest by your testosterone level, the male hormone level. And it's important to understand that that level can be decreased in just plain obesity. We don't recognize that. We don't really tend to think about that. We think, okay, as we're aging, our testosterone level is going down. But some of that is because we're a little bit too fat. And our um, fat cells are, you know, turning that natural testosterone and estrogen. And uh, that's not good for you if you want to have a, a desire for intercourse. Now, your question, um, can you redirect me on that one? Sure, 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 sure. So my question was about um, unsatisfactory sexual life. Um, I think earlier on you mentioned um, just not being satisfied. You, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you made mention to someone not being happy or content with their sex life. Um, and so I, I think that that could be a cause or a complication or a factor with erectile dysfunction, of course, because of the mental health aspect. Um. It sometimes it's hard to know what comes first. Is it the fact that the erections aren't so great and then that leads to, you know, the diminished in well-being, sense of well-being, or um, the sense of well-being. But obviously, if you don't have a satisfactory sex life, there's some, you know, sex is, is, a, is a very important part of just living. And so when that's not being addressed and you're feeling um, inadequate, um, that's going to play. And you need to have a very um, supportive partner. I think uh, some of the issues that men have is the partners that they have. And if you have someone who's um, not going to support you and make you feel badly, about the fact that you're having some issues and not gonna work with you toward improving um, the sexual life for both of you, because it's for both of you, um, that can present a problem. And sometimes, you know, when we think about sex life, we tend to just think about the man's ability to perform, but it's really also about a communication and an intimacy. And I don't think we pay attention to that as much. And uh, therapists, uh, sex therapists, can help guys. We don't with your ejaculation as much, but these are all issues that have to do with a satisfactory sexual life. And we don't, uh, men, men, men don't really come in and want to be very open about that. But mm -hmm. they need to be open about that if they want to, you know, get the best life. You want to get your best life. And, uh, you know, we're in an environment where we as physicians can help you get that. Yes. You get the best life. And I'm so glad that you mentioned, you know, basically what came first, the chicken or the egg, because um, sexual dysfunction can really create a wicked cycle 
of events. Um, because when folks are not performing the way that they want to or the way that they're expected to, um, there's some dissatisfaction that can occur um, for both parties. And especially the person who is having the challenge, whatever that challenge may be, it makes them want to be involved even less in some sort of sexual or sexual or intimate activity. Um, oftentimes men pull away from everything when erectile dysfunction is an issue from, for them. They, you know, they don't wanna make out, they don't wanna participate in foreplay um, because they're anxious and nervous about what could happen or what won't happen or they're thinking too much about what the other person is thinking about or, or if they have to hide something from that other person. So it creates a, a nasty, vicious cycle of, of events. The best thing is what you were saying, Dr. Mumford, is to have a really good, uh, healthy conversation with your partner. And I think that will ease a lot of the anxiety and the stress and the embarrassment about whatever is happening in that, in that man's life. I agree with that. Very true. But you know, men are not talkers. So um, it's, it's uh, challenging. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, and, and listen, guys, we're having this talk about erectile dysfunction. There may be a guy out there who's saying, well, I, I can get hard. I can get an erection, but I have trouble keeping an erection. That too is a symptom of erectile dysfunction, being able to keep or maintain that erection. Isn't that correct, Doc? That is absolutely correct. It's basically the ability to attain, to get it, and to maintain it, and basically be rigid enough for vaginal penetration. You know, um, all of those factors uh, go into the definition of um, normal sexual activity. So, Doc, someone comes into the office and they're telling you, listen, um, I'm happy, I'm good in life. I have a great partner. I talked to her about my this, this issue I've been having recently. Let's say the person is in their 50s or their 60s. Um, or actually, let's say they're, you know, could even be in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever. Um, they have had a physical exam. They don't have high blood pressure. They don't have diabetes. Those things check out. Um, there's no recalled or known history of trauma. What other things would you do to work that person up in the office? Um, one of the things that I like to do is a simple questionnaire. It's called the IIEF, and it basically it allows us to grade your sexual function. And it's amazing in that um, it just... Oh, Doc, you went out for a little bit you hit the mute button, come back to me. You said it's amazing. Us to have a, a score to see how well you're doing. In addition, like I said, I like to also, even though you may not have a history of diabetes, it's amazing how a lot of silent diabetics come in. And I know you said that the uh, guys have come in, so I'm assuming they've had a hemoglobin A1C and that's been okay. I also like to give them um, an uh, assessment of their voiding function. People don't recognize, men don't recognize that um, some of the um, function is also associated with enlargement of the prostate, prostatic issues. And so people think that, okay, um, everything is golden, fine. But when we actually do a questionnaire and we try and 
quantify how well you're avoiding, you really are having some issues. So it can be a multifactorial thing. So in terms of my initial assessment with the patient, I also want to understand their um, desire. It's an ADAM questionnaire, which is basically assessing their desire, their libido. So these things are basically part of the questioning. And then when it comes to the examination of the patient, uh, one of the things that you can uh, do real quickly is just assess blood flow um, by looking at nail beds. We don't do that as much as we used to. And yeah. also checking pulse right in the genitalia area. Just check the pulse in the groin. You see, if you've got a good, strong, sturdy pearls. Um, that's important. Also, it's important to check the penis itself out to make sure that there are no scarring lesions that are interfering with the ability to have a very quality, a good quality erection. So yeah. it's just a whole generalized exam, not just, you know, so focused on, man, my sex life ain't the best. Yeah, yeah. So what, um, the voiding, what are some of the abnormalities that might be associated with erectile dysfunction in terms of voiding? Yeah, it's an interesting, we call this LUTs, lower urinary tract symptoms. And so nocturia, getting up at night, urgency, frequencies, decreased force of stream, the things that we associated with enlargement of the prostate. But they, so it's uh, interestingly enough, once a, some, you can take a medication, an oral medication for erectile dysfunction, which will also improve your voiding. And one of the uh, medications that is the only one really is Cialis. Once a day Cialis can treat both your BPH as well as your erectile dysfunction. So it's important to get a uh, someone who's aware, who's gonna really be able to um, you know, assess the questions for you. Because like I said, most people aren't thinking about that. Right, 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 right. Okay, guys, so you have to go and see a urologist, regardless of your age, if you're having this issue. Um, if your insurance requires it, start with your PCP first to get that referral because Dr. Munford and her colleagues who are urologists, they are considered specialists. So if you don't have a plan that allows you to go directly to a specialist, you may need a referral from your PCP first. <sighs> you know, in the day and age of medicine, Dr. Mumford, and the way some of these plans work, some of them, in a way, discourage primary care doctors from providing a referral to a specialist. Yes. They, they want the primary care to do, you know, the, the total workup. Um, but I feel like this, if you need a plumber, call a plumber. If you need a painter, call a painter. If you need a mechanic, you call a mechanic. Um, right. and, and no diss to my primary care colleagues, you know, a lot of my friends are PCPs, but they don't do the extensive education, which should be obvious, but they're not extensively trained in your field or any right. other field. They're trained in their own field. So right. what would you say to patients if their PCP is saying, oh, you don't need to go see a urologist. Let me just give you some of this, the Alice. Um, insist you realize this is your money. This That's is your right. money, your money, your time. You insist, you insist. And, and you say to your PCP, you know, um, what if this were you? What if this were your father, your brother? You know, I, I, I'm entitled. 
I'm desired, you know, I'm, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. Right. Advocate for yourself. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and so guys, guys, I'm talking to the guys. Yes, go in so that you can have a physical examination. You can fill out this questionnaire that Dr. Mumford uh, was just talking about because we may think we know some stuff, but we don't know as much as Dr. Mumford. We don't. And um, go and see her, let her work you up. Your PCP will likely help um, in some of the management because if it turns out that you do indeed have diabetes or your blood pressure is high, Dr. Mumford, you're not going to manage those things, right? You're going to turn that I back. will not. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. I will say stay in your lane. They trained in that. They know that. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, huh, let's see. I'm, I'm checking some of my uh, communication from the listeners and also the viewers who follow to see if we had any specific questions. Um, let me see. So guys, if you have questions, send them in now. So someone is asking, how do you tell your urologist about erectile dysfunction? How do you bring it up to them? And I would say you just say it. Sometimes, you know, um, it's easier to just look around the room. A lot of urologists like myself have um, posters and things and those questionnaires. And sometimes it's not as easy to say it, you know, because mm -hmm. some, for some people saying, I'm admitting I have a deficiency. But if you see that or you see something in the waiting area, um, just kind of have it in your hand. That's can be a really good um, icebreaker, okay. a very good icebreaker. So you're um, the patient could have the patient education in their hand when they go in mm -hmm. to see the urologist. Right. So if you see that in the patient's hand, it'll it'll prompt you to say to them, are you having any issues yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? You, you got this? Yeah, you want to talk about this? But I think I'm, I'm a little bit different and, 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 and I tend to be observant uh, a little bit more. And I'm a talkative, not necessarily everyone is that way. Um, so I'm looking for the silent clues that you may be giving. And then mm -hmm. there can be some silent clues, you know, but, um, you know, a lot of the patients do come in to me referred specifically for that. Okay, your primary care physician has sent you because you have erectile dysfunction. But then again, I get these other folks who come in, I got kidney stones and like, okay, but by the way, my by the way guys. Um, so it's, a, it's sort of a hodgepodge. Yeah, yeah. I read somewhere that um, about half, 50% are men are affected who are in their 40s as they near age 50. So it, it's, you know, and some studies say 40%, but it's a significant number. And it, it the risks go up the older men get. Right. And men, you know, um, this is uh, something that just because you age doesn't mean you age out. You mm -hmm. can have a very good sex life um, for, for a long time. You know, yeah. if you have a desire, um, definitely we can help you get a better sex life. I like to tell folks when I'm giving talks, you know, I'm like, God, I can raise Lazarus from the dead and uh, we can definitely help you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, I tell people this all the time before you go to see your doctor, write down your questions, because most of the time people would think, oh, I'll remember. Um, mm -hmm. But your appointment might be a month down the road. It could be two weeks later, two months later, and you think you'll remember. And then maybe something happens to distract you on your way to your appointment or something happened the day before or you get in there. And some folks get nervous when they get into yes. the doctor's office. So you should write it down, maybe have a journal for your doctor's appointments or, you know, make a note in your phone somewhere mm -hmm. of your symptoms or your experiences so you don't forget. Because most of the time people will forget, they leave the doctor's office and they have an aha moment of, oh my gosh, I forgot, I, I meant to ask this question. And I think Dr. Mumford, um, your, your specialty, there's a lot of sensitive things that you have to talk to people about because you're talking, you, like you said, you're the PP doctor. So right. you're, ta you're talking genitalia. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> my assumption would be that if someone is trying to have a conversation with you about something so sensitive that most of you will, will take over that conversation, you know, you'll make the person feel comfortable and you'll give the information they need. You won't, you won't, um, you won't make a, a patient feel uncomfortable or feel like they have to uh, continuously ask for information. You'll you'll provide that information that they need. You'll talk Absolutely. to them, communicate. Absolutely. With them. And, and and talk to folks matter factly. You know, this is just like uh, checking your blood pressure. But I think that matter of fact kind of uh, conversation kind of takes the pressure off as well. You know, yeah. I'm not alone. Um, there are other people. This, this is like such a common thing, you know, and, and you can speak on it just matter of factly because yeah. it is very common. It is extremely common, as you said, extremely common. And I think that's also um, I, I want to put this plug out for buyer beware. We have sure. a lot of uh, these sex clinics. Uh, they, don't, they don't call them sex clinics. They call them men's health and I, i'm sure you hear them advertised on the radio and things like right. this i think it's just to be aware that uh, when you do um if you should go to one of these um, facilities you need to make sure that they have some after hours coverage um, i have found in the course of my uh years that a lot of times that these clinics will or men's health clinics will give medication but when the patient has a um, complication, if you will, they're not around for that. And, and that's important. It's important to understand that. So do get an understanding um, before you do. And if you are going to get any treatment, try and get that treatment in the morning. Don't wait to get that treatment in the evening because uh, then it's after five and they, they're gone. They're like a nine to five kind of thing. So this wow. is just a um, you know, PDA, public yeah. announcement. Great advisement, great advisement, because folks don't think about things like that until it happens to them. Yes. And to my uh, friends who are in their 30s and your 40s, don't think erectile dysfunction cannot happen to you guys. You know, you got to live a healthy lifestyle because the number of men who are developing ED in their 40s has been growing. And Doc, I think a lot of that has to do with our diet in America, but there's a lot of processed food, a lot of eating out, a lot of fast food. What are your thoughts on that? I think that, and also, um, I think this is just, just a very stressful society we're living in. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad you said that. Go ahead. 
we just not uh, um, giving it enough um, credibility, if you will. And we like to think that young people are kind of, uh, they, they can just have stuff wash off them because they're young and they're not impacted by these things, but they are, they are. Yeah, they really are. All right, guys. So we've been talking now for about uh, over 30 minutes about erectile dysfunction. Um, we have pretty much teased out the causes, most of the factors, um, what you can do, some of the questions you should ask. Um, how can someone, and this is, I, I have to ask it some, because some people think differently. We've already said it, but I, I got to state it explicitly. How can erectile dysfunction be prevented, Dr. Monfort? Prevented. Now, that is a really good question. How can we prevent something that may not be preventable? Um, there are certain things, um, you know, health-wise, um, we can't prevent um, the development of high blood pressure, can we? I mean, we can live healthy, but some of us are going to get high blood pressure and some of us are going to get diabetes. So those are those medical conditions. But at the same token, we can also live healthier lives. We have a tendency uh, to be a little bit too sedentary, I think. And we don't recognize how, you know, getting that heart pumping not only helps us in terms of the endorphins and all of that, but it helps us also with that good old blood flow. So in terms of how can we make ourselves less prone, I think that's a better way to look at it. Um, as anything, you know, be proactive in being healthy. Be yeah. proactive in being healthy. So a writer, I have a question here. He took his medication for ED and um, at, what did you say? Waking Lazarus from the dead? He was not yes. awakened from the dead. Um, but you know, I, I want to say to this person, I'm not sure what was happening. If you were, you were with another person when you took it and you were sexually stimulated or not, you still got to have some sexual stimulation. You can't just take the pill and expect fireworks to go off automatically. What that's says very you, Dr. True. Montford? That's, that's very true. But also recognize that in, with oral medication, it's not going to work in 30% of people. Mm. So that means that you're, you're even though you took it and you didn't awaken, means you maybe need a different type of treatment. Um, and so it's important to know that. And also, if it was an oral medication, there's more than one and people respond differently. You can't say that um, my buddy did really well with uh, product A. So that means I need to get product A. You may not respond to product A, but you'll respond okay. to product B. Okay. So... Okay, here's another question. Doctor, does Dr. Munford do injections to the penis? Yes, we do. We call them injection erections. And um, I'm assuming this is the injections he's talking about. Um, um, I will share this story. Um, my father, he was diabetic and he got to be in his 60s. And uh, my mother went to him and said, you know, you better fix this. I'm going to leave you and I'm going to tell the kids why I left you. Well, <laughs> you that kind of put it. I thought mm -hmm. that was you. You told me this story before when we were having this discussion about men's health. And I could not recall 
if you were talking about your own personal situation or someone else's situation. So you my just own father, my own father, my <laughs> own father and mother. But uh, when he went to the urologist, he didn't come to me. Uh, and the uh, urologist offered him the injection erection. He said, you just gonna have to leave me wife because I am not going to be putting that penis and that needle anywhere near one another. And so you, there is this initial fear of the needle. The needle is uh, you know, a very fine needle, but still a needle and it's near a very sensitive organ. So guys are like, yeah, I don't think so. But if you can get beyond that, um, one of the best things about the injection erection is that it is consistent in terms of its efficacy. Uh, more likely than not, it's going to work and it's gonna consistently work. And so that anxiety that you have, and maybe it'll work this time, and maybe it's not, that, that's, that's out of the picture a lot. Now, it may take a little bit of um, calibration to get the appropriate dose. And it's really, really important that you do that under a doctor's care. Do not get your buddy's medicine. Because one of the terrible side effects of injection erection is um, priapism, having an erection that lasts too long. You may think that's a great thing, but that thing is painful. And one of the downsides of that is can cause scarring that you don't get an erection ever again. So you need to be very careful and do that under doctor's advice, particularly a urologist's advice. I've had uh, some interesting conversation with folks who are not even um, urologists prescribing this. It's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, to me, uh, I don't understand that. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. Whew. Well, I think we've asked a lot. Um, hopefully this was helpful. Helpful it has to be helpful to the listeners because I'm sure you've said some things that a lot of us did not know. I'll include myself in that category because this is clearly not my lane. So <laughs> folks, there are remedies for your husbands, for your significant others. Guys, there are remedies for you. Um, we didn't talk and we didn't talk much about the medications you would take by mouth, but that was not the purpose of this podcast episode. We were talking about, or we are talking about erectile dysfunction and just talking about it in simple terms for you all to understand it and to get you on a path towards treatment and improve wellness. So hopefully this can be remedied if you're experiencing this in your life. Um, so Dr. Mumford mentioned there's the medications you can take by mouth, which I believe even for those medications, you should go and see a urologist. I believe that folks should go and see a urologist so they get the proper workup. Um, I don't think that uh, patients should go to the PCP and then that is that. Go to your PCP, but ask for that referral to the urologist so you get a proper full workup. And also Dr. Mumford just mentioned the injections um, that they can administer in her office and a urologist can administer in their office. Um, and of course, there are some other things. Um, someone's asking about a penis pump, but we don't have time to go into that. Maybe that could be later down the road, <laughs> a future discussion. But uh, Dr. Mumford, really quickly about the penis pump. Is it effective? Absolutely. And there are two ways to think about the penis pump. There's an external penis pump called a vacuum erection device. And uh, remember I said that basically two things have to happen. Blood has to get in and blood has to stay there. And so one of the things, if you're not able to maintain the erection, the external pump has a ring, a constriction ring 
that kind of locks the blood in place. So that's the external. But also people are talking about a penile implant, which is a, uh, a replacement to actually uh, be placed underneath the skin into what's called the corpora cavernosa. These are the two things in the penis that fill up like cylinders. They fill up with blood. Those are the things that give you the erection. And so we can replace these, um, um, put cylinders in them so that we can artificially creates the erection, either by having a reservoir that's in the abdomen so that the blood it gets a very full erection or just a, a continual loop kind of thing, which is a two-piece prosthesis. One of the uh, ways in the Spanish community, they call it la bombita. So people may have heard of it that way, um, but the uh, penile implant, but it's important to realize once you get that implant, you are stuck with life. You, you can't go back. So I always can tell folks that should be your last resort. And most people do not need to go there. Most people are able to get satisfactory erection without having to have a surgical procedure. But sometimes you do, you know, particularly folks who've had, you know, uh, prostate cancer surgery and they have erectile dysfunctions on the basis of neurogenic um, problems after the surgery or radiation after the surgery. So they are not as uh, responsive to um, oral medication and uh, less invasive treatments. Hmm. Okay, that was very helpful. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me on the couch tonight, Dr. Mumford. I appreciate you. It's always a pleasure. You know, I, I just really admire you, Dr. Delvina. You bring such a service and you do it in such a easy fashion, making it um, just easy for folks to listen to you and receive knowledge. And knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Absolutely, it is. Thank you for those kind words, Dr. Mumford. Um, and folks out there listening, if you have any questions for Dr. Mumford or if you would like to schedule your husband to go and see Dr. Mumford or your significant other, or if you're a man listening and you'd like to go see Dr. Mumford, please, please, please go and see her. She is one of few uh, women of color practicing urology, one of few um people of color or black, uh, black people practicing in the specialty of urology. So please call our office. Doc, tell folks how they can reach you, the phone number for your office. Our main number is 305-696-0806. That's the best way to reach us. Say that number again, because I think it's going to be a hot one. <laughs> 305-696-0806. Okay, guys, 305-696-0806, right, Doc? That's it. You have it. Thank you. And it will be in the description for the podcast episode as well. So, um, but feel free to come back and listen again. You know, every listen helps with listenership. So <laughs> feel free to come and listen again because there's probably something you missed during this interview with Dr. Mumford. Dr. Mumford, we appreciate you and we appreciate what you do in the community. Guys, Dr. Mumford, we're just talking erectile dysfunction, but she does so many different things in the field of, of urology. So go and see her. If you're a man, go and see her. Uh, get your referral from your primary care doctor if necessary and go and see Dr. Mumford. Thank you, Dr. Mumford. Thank you, Dr. Delvina. Appreciate it. It's the end of an episode. 
Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need, it's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes, learn from them, and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. Thank you.